turn of the century, Blockbuster reigned supreme in the video renting industry. If your family craved, uh, uh, young people, y'all know that that's a movie store. <laughs> Forgot there may be some folks that. I can't believe I'm getting to the age where I got to pause and actually <laughs> say that. If your family craved a movie night, someone likely had to drive to one of the Blockbuster 9,000 stores, strolled through the rows of VHS in DVDs. It was, it was an experience, right, before you went to the gas station and you would then go to the video store and you would, you know, cruise down the aisles and look through the shelves until you found that new release, hoping that there was one left for you, especially on the first of the month. And hand membership card to the blue shirt employee, letting them know that you were blue check certified. That was the original one before social media. When Reed Haston, founder of a fledging startup called Netflix, met with Blockbuster CEO John in 2000 to propose a partnership, he laughed him out of the office. Despite changing consumer preference, Blockbuster doubled down on its store's first model by offering popcorn and books and toys, while Netflix experimented with the subscription model and no late fees. Amen. <laughs> Y'all remember those late fees you used to get if you didn't get it back in time? Some of y'all still sour over that. Only 10 years later, Netflix became the largest source of streaming internet traffic in North America during peak hours, with over 20 million subscribers. Blockbuster declared bankruptcy. Well, that explains why Blockbuster failed to make it successfully into the 21st century. It, it, it is because it failed to listen to Netflix. But what's worse than not listening to Netflix is not listening to God. Today on our Netflix Not Blockbuster series, we discover why Moses doesn't make it into the promised land. Why Moses doesn't make it into the promised land. But first, previously on Chosen Moses. Last week, we discovered why the children of Israel will not make it into the promised land. We were only going ahead a few chapters, but we are chronologically skipping ahead nearly 40 years. Last week, we saw Israel refuse to trust in God. They refused to trust in him after he spread at the Red Sea, after he delivered them from Pharaoh, after he, with great judgment and with a mighty and powerful arm, carried them out from up under their enemies and set them on a course that would lead to not only their liberation, but also their prosperity if they would only trust in the Lord. You recall that when they were hungry, God caused food to come out of the sky. They didn't want frosting flakes and so he gave them portillos and he gave them portillos and yet there was nothing that God could do 
to get these people to trust in him. They trusted their fears in the reports that people of Canaan were too big. Let me say that again because I don't want you to miss that and judge them because sometimes we struggle with the very same things that they struggle with. So let me run this phrase one more time, that they trusted in their fears more than they trusted in God. Let me run it back one more time. They trusted in their fears more than they trusted in the living God. I'm going to give it to you one more time because I think that that's for somebody, that they trusted in their fears more than they trusted in the living God, that they believed that the people of Canaan was too big for them. Therefore, they did not want to go to the promised land. Instead, they started bickering with Moses and saying, Moses, why did you bring us up out of this place? We rather had stayed in Egypt. And y'all remember that sometimes God's people experience amnesia and we forget what God has brought us from. And when we forget what God has brought us from, sometimes we desire to go back to the mess that we came from. But if you remember when God delivers you and set you free, God is taking you to a place that will not destroy you, but make you better. And baby, sometimes you got to trust God even when you can't trace God. Oh, yes, you do. Because God will take you somewhere. Sometimes you don't understand. They said, the city, Mo, is too big. They said, the walls are too big for us to defeat them. But Israel failed to factor God in. And friends, the last thing that you want to do in any circumstance or situation is forget to factor God in. When God isn't in our picture, our faith grows small and our fears grow big. Let me say it again. When God is not in our picture, our faith grows small and our fears grow big. And what did God do? Well, God judged their rebellion. Every Israelite 20 years and older would die in the wilderness. Their children would be the ones who entered the promised land. That was Numbers chapter 14. There is hardly anything mentioned about the 38 years between their rebellion and chapter 20. Once again, we're skipping some 38 years later, but there's barely anything mentioned between their rebellion and chapter 20. It's it's a whole new generation this time around. And that brings us to episode one, where the water at? You see, I did that, J.O. I said, where the water at? (laughs) Y'all got to forgive my hood in me. God's still working on me. (laughs) Now, there was no water, Demeter, for the congregation. They assembled themselves. They got together. They said, hey, uh, this dude Moden lost his mind. Ain't no water. They assembled themselves together against Moses and against don't, don't you say Aaron, A-A-Ron. There it is, Katie. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? Not only us, but our, our dogs too. 
And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? There's no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. There is no water to drink. Can you hear them? Oh. You may be thinking this, this sounds familiar. It should because way back in Exodus 15 and 16, right after the Red Sea crossing, they, there, there was an uprising against Moses. What did they complain about? We're thirsty and we're hungry. I don't know if you've ever been around a group of thirsty, hungry people. If you, ain't need, if you don't know none, you're probably part of the group. Those grumbling Israelites gave birth and raised a new generation of whiny, complaining Israelites. It's starting to seem to be a generational thing passing down from these people. And you know what the old sayings, uh, 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 you know how the old saying goes, the fruit didn't fall far from the, from the tree. He's just like his daddy. He's just like his mama. The fruit didn't fall far from the tree. We see these grumbling adult children carrying on the family tradition. I need y'all to, no, 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 I need y'all to feel what's going on. I need y'all to feel what Moses is experiencing. And the only way you're going to feel this is if you do your homework. Because some translations say that they contended with him. Which means that this ain't just, we don't like what you did. We're going to say a few words post some on social media. No, they coming at my boy. It means to strive, to plead, to quarrel, contend, conduct a lawsuit, make a charge of legal complaint. They taking Moses to court. They so mad. One, 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 one writer says this, a far more serious thing than grumbling, it is directed, intentional, and well argued. The Septuagint translates the uh, verb this way, which means to hurl verbal abuse, shout insults. Okay, y'all not with me in a minute. I back it up. They hungry, y'all. <laughs> they thirsty. They tired. <laughs> it said that they shouted insults. Now, I know some of y'all have been hungry and frustrated. And the rest of your body sanctified but your tongue. Come on now. Some of y'all, y'all sanctified and holy all over. But that tongue, just keep looking at me because I'm coming right in your living room. You know who I'm talking to. You will cuss somebody. God's still working on your tongue. These people... In Hebrew, I don't know what it sounds like, but they going in on Moses, bringing reproach, and in the imperfect sense, it indicates that it went, it went on over and over again and again. Can you imagine 40 years of dealing with people who mumble and grumble and bring up arguments and complaints? And sometimes it talked about Moses saying, God, it seems as if they want to stone me. I need you to feel this because everybody wants to be in leadership sometimes. But leadership comes with a huge burden to carry and people like the stand. And the 
shiny stuff, but they don't understand that when you're in leadership, people got something to say. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. I'll do it all by myself. Praise the Lord. They're coming at Moses, though, like it's his fault they're in the condition that they're in. The same old problem of ungratefulness and unbelief characterizes this group. They strive and they debate with Moses. They are so discouraged that they wish they were dead. That's some serious hunger right there. Moses shows us that leaders can be cheered one day and talked about on the next day. Folks who seek high positions see the glory of the position, but not the groans and the gripes that go with it. They are blaming Moses when they should be blaming themselves. If they follow him 38 years earlier, they would not be in the position in the first place. They were not ready for their blessing or their miracle. Bringing us to episode two. Moses and Aaron are thirsty for God's help. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly after they were arguing and all that good stuff to the entrance of the tent of meetings and fell on their faces. People will make you go pray. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it's either you're going to go pray or they're going to get these hands. It's going to be one or the other. <laughs> it's going to be one. Oh, the, see, y'all want to act holy. You ain't never had that split second, Chris. Well, you like, they either about to get these hands, or I better find a prayer closet somewhere. And you, sometimes that prayer closet is the bathroom, because ain't nobody going to bother you enough. <laughs> they fell on their faces, John. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take the staff in the assembly, in the congregation, you and Aaron and your brothers. And tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you should bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation in their cattle. We've seen this episode before. Back in Exodus 17, the people grumbled against Moses about being thirsty. God tells Moses to take this staff and strike the rock at that place. And Moses did, and the river of water came out of it. Forty-ish years later, the people grumble against Moses. Now, we got to remember this because God continues to show his faithfulness. God continues to prove that he's more than able. God continues to show them in every circumstance when you cannot find a way out that I am your way out. God continues to show them that he makes rivers in the desert. God continues to show them when the door closes that he'll open up a window if you would cry out and call out to me. And it's interesting to me that these people never turn in faith to God, but they continue to turn in complaint and anger and anxiety instead of trusting God. That's a word for somebody because anxiety ain't never opened up no doors. Worry ain't never opened up no windows. It ain't never made a way out of no way. And this is why the Bible says with prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. And one person told me, Pastor, after you make the request, let it long. Not leave it long, let it long. That's two different things. If you leave it long, you go back and get it. You let it long, you let God have it. God gives them instructions. He said, okay, 
I hear they're complaining, Moses. I'm going to do something. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. You need to listen. Because when you listen to me, you never go wrong. When you listen to God, you never go wrong. When you listen to God, you never go wrong. Now, let me pause. Because sometimes listening to God sometimes sounds crazy. Because God sometimes tells you to do stuff that doesn't make sense. Okay, y'all didn't see what he told them to do? Am I the only one? When the last time you seen rock come out of water come out of a rock? Hey, listen, y'all. I know y'all thirsty. I got the solution. I'm going to go up to this rock. And I'm going to tell water to come out of it. Really? But when you listen to him, you'll never go wrong. If you don't listen to God, then you will go wrong. Bringing us to episode two, three, Moses the rebel addresses the rebels. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. So far, so good. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and said to them, Here now, you rebels. Oh, it's going down now. Who is going? Who is going down? He said, they ain't got on Moses' last nerves. That's it. He said, here now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank in their livestock. There is an old saying that goes like this. It takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. And so here we have is a bitter Moses calling people rebels when in fact it is he and Aaron will be held responsible as rebels for which they will be punished. The problem was Moses spoke to the people instead of the rock. God didn't tell him to go out there and speak to nobody. He told him to speak to the rock. Moses won't talk to the rock. I won't talk to these folks out here who are getting on my nerves. And you should be happy because here's a very prominent figure in the Bible who got issues like we got issues. Moses was not to touch the rock. Moses was not to speak to the people. He did both of them. (laughs) Leaders must be careful in thinking they are better than those they lead. Leaders must be careful thinking that they're better than those who lead. Let me remix that. Pastors are to be careful to have thinking they are better than those that they lead. Now Moses is about to get an earful. Here it is. God's assessment. 
And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, Will, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, Crystal, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Oh, this is heavy. 38 years, 40 years of leading people. And God says, Moses, you're not going. Now, this is heavy for me because I'm like, Lord, really? It seems that he just messed up this one time. God says, you're not going. And their rebellion against Moses and Aaron, now I need you to watch this because Moses fails dramatically because he's playing with the glory of God. And I need you all to feel the weight of the glory of God. In their rebellion against Moses and Aaron, the people had not believed that Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai, Almighty, they did not believe that God could bring them into the land which he had given them while they were in, while in their anger at the people, Moses and Aaron had not believed God to sanctify him in his power and grace in the eyes of the children of Israel. Israel failed as the people of God. It's failure all over the place. They failed as the people of God, and Moses fails as their mediator. Okay, this is where we all need to lean in. Because this is where we see Moses was great, but Jesus is greater. This is where I learned and you learned that there is only one leader worthy of putting our trust in. There is only one leader worthy of your trust. You need to get this. Because if you put your trust in any leader outside of God, you're going to be disappointed. They're not going to get you to the promised land. They're not. I don't, care how, I don't care how phenomenal they are. I don't care how many degrees they have. I don't care how accomplished they are. Some of you have lived long enough to know that you didn't run through your fair share of pastors as well. And all of them have failed. What I'm trying to tell you that at some point, you're going to have to realize that all leaders are just men and women at the, uh, at the end of the day. And that they're not worthy of your trust, that they are not your saviors. You know, you get to a church and you say, ha, we reached the promised land. Here it is. This is why some of us just want to stay with Sunday mornings. Because the more you get into the leadership, the more you can't live in fairy tale land anymore. Oh, this these people are checked up too. No matter where I go, they all got issues. <laughs> Moses was a great guy, but he ain't Jesus. Moses failed to get God's people to the promised land. But Jesus, he succeeds. Moses is like an unreliable bridge. All men or women are unreliable bridges. Reminds me of this bridge in 2007 
the I-35 bridge that crosses the Mississippi River into Minneapolis, Minnesota, collapsed suddenly during rush hour, killing 13 people and injuring 145. The investigation revealed that the place that connected the girders together is the, is the truss system was undersized, resulting in a structural flaw leading to its collapse. A year after the tragedy, the New York Times summarized what went wrong. Designers had specified a metal plate that was too thin to serve as a junction of several girders, investigators say. The bridge was designed in the 1960s and lasted 40 years. Moses lasted 40 years. But like most other bridges, it gradually gained weight during that period. These people are weighing him down. He's been carrying their burden. As a worker installed concrete structures to separate eastbound and westbound lanes and made other changes, adding strains to the weak spot. To say it another way, the bridge lacked integrity. A bridge has integrity when it does what it was designed to do. Cars, trains, or people can travel across the bridge without it collapsing. In this sense, integrity isn't about morality, but about the ability to function according to the attendant design. And friends, Moses lost his integrity. Under the weight, under the burden of life, under the burden of the mumbles and grumbles of people, Moses fails as a mediator. He fails as a bridge. He lacked integrity, but how? What was Moses' failure? Let's dig a little deeper. Three failures here. We tackle them in ascending order of importance. The first was this bridge lost its integrity because of its incomplete obedience. In this leadership moment, Moses got a lot of things right. He gathered Israel together. He took his staff as God commanded. He wanted to satisfy their thirst. Seven or eight out of ten gets you a passing grade in most schools, but not in God's school, especially not when your actions rob God of his glory. He didn't obey all the way. He didn't carry out the assignment all the way. Like Saul... Over in uh, 1st and 2nd Samuel, who destroyed the Amalekites as God commanded him, God said, I want you to go and I want you to wipe out not some of the Amalekites. I want you to wipe them all out. And what did Saul do? He destroyed some of them. But he didn't kill Agag, the king, and he kept some of their flock for himself. He's like, Psh, right here, God, God told me to kill everybody, but God ain't seen these sheep right here. I mean, come on, like, I'm not just going to kill this. This is good. Oh, and the king, come on, God, you know, when we start negotiating with what God told us and we start compromising with what God told us, and sometimes it's just little steps. Oh, it's just one sheep. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. You're not smarter than God. You did most of it right. But he didn't do all of it. We see here that incomplete obedience is disobedience. How easy is it for us to rationalize our partial obedience and assume doing most of what God commands is good enough? But Moses' incomplete obedience was judged by God as disobedience. Friends, and we run into 
his anger and his self-righteousness. Hear now, you rebels. There it is again. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. What is wrong with this statement, you rebels? Moses is very focused on their rebellion and their disobedience. Mark it down. When we are concentrating on other sin, we are often blind and susceptible to our own. You can't say amen, say ouch. When we are, man, look at here now. Look at here to me. Look at here. I've been to church a little bit now, y'all. Woo, we can see other people's sin. We got like 20, 20 vision. We can see it far away. We'd be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I see him coming. Look at him downstairs like he ain't got no name. (laughs) But when it comes to our stuff, we don't see Jack. No, not nothing. We don't see Jack. But when it comes to other people's stuff, boy, we can write a book report on it. Y'all remember book reports? Moses is sinning as he points out their sin. Jesus warned about this human failure to obsess over the speck in your brother's eye while blind to the very same enormous sin in your own eye. Moses is outraged at their sin. What was their sin? They failed to trust God for water. Why did Moses strike the rock? No doubt he was frustrated with them, but Moses also failed to trust God for water, water that could come from words spoken. Have you noticed how sins and others that bother us the most are the sins we struggle with the most? Can't say amen, say ouch. I'm stepping on toes now. You know, as a pastor, I get people want me to preach on certain sins. I never had anyone come to me and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. In fact, I did it last night. Can you preach on that today? Never happened. Never happened. Once they got a little bit of victory over it, they want me to preach about it. But it's the stuff that you're not struggling with. You, they get a little distance, they get a couple victories, and they say, oh, there's some more of this. I don't know what you did last night. I'll preach on that. Let's talk about Moses' anger. This is hardly the first glimpse of it, right? This dude got, Moses got anger issues, y'all. He do. He got, he got anger. Anybody in the room got anger issues? Just keep looking at it. Don't, don't say nothing. Don't get angry at me. I, he was upset and violent. Remember he killed the Egyptian? He took my man out. Hold on. This ain't it. He got mad and threw down the tablets of the law, the Ten Commandments. Who throw down the Ten Commandments, y'all? Who? Who go up in the mountain and get commandments from the Lord and then throw it on the ground? <laughs> the man had some anger issues. He was often mad at Israel, and he was mad at God. Go read it. Go back and look at Netflix. I ain't lying on Moses. Moses got anger issues. And then after this, he strikes the rock in anger. Moses was a humble man. Don't get me wrong. He was an amazing leader, but he was flawed. He was a high head. And his self-righteous anger cost him the promised land. Do you have a besetting type of sin? Do you have a lifelong struggle with sin or particular sin? 
It's like something to be ever mindful of. Often these habitual sinful patterns are our under, un, undoing. Anger was Moses' lifelong struggle, and it came back to bite him. And oftentimes, church, I, I, I need to say this because oftentimes we, we, we get in church, and, and church is supposed to be the very place where we're able to open up and to be free from our sin. But sometimes church becomes the very place that we hide our sin and we hide our struggle. And we begin to retract and begin to struggle with stuff in secret that is eating us alive because we forget that the grace of God is yet still sufficient for the thing that you are struggling with. And here's the beauty of the cross. As the cross says that you ain't got to struggle with that alone because there's a price that has been paid for that thing. And so you can drag it on out to the light so that you can get grace and mercy for the very thing that you're struggling with and perhaps you were struggling with it last night but I'm here to tell you that grace still reigns today so here it is as you can see this bridge is unstable and unreliable to take here's what makes all human bridges collapse is that is that is that is that we rob God of his glory. Now watch it now, because here's the huge point here. Moses is a glory thief. Moses robbed God of glory. Listen again to God's explanation. And the Lord said to Moses in Aaron, because you did not believe in me to hold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Okay, okay, I know what you're saying. How did Moses rob God of glory? He says, must we bring water from this rock? You, Moses, really? Really? Okay, Moses, let's go back, Moses. Let's go back to season three. Remember when your mommy had to put you in a basket? You couldn't save yourself? God did that, Moses. Remember when you ran away from the Egyptian empire into the wilderness? God not only took care of you, gave you a wife, gave you kids, but he showed up at the burning bush. And you remember that conversation, don't you, Moses? You were super scared, right? You didn't want to go. You said, I couldn't do it. Send somebody else. And now all of a sudden, you all big and bad that you are going to bring water out of a rock? You better be careful that your accomplishments don't make you think that you're God. You better... You better be careful because you've been coming to church these last two years because the other two years you were not coming, but the last two years you've been coming, you've been getting some things right, you've been getting your life together, but don't you dare think that you're better than somebody else. It is only by the grace and the mercy. No, 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 no. We can clap. We can clap. But it's one thing when we turn in our nose up when we see certain folks and they doing certain things and we got something to say because we forget that we used to be the same jokers doing the same thing and then God came and got you. And 
when we get all self-righteous as if it was us, we are glory thieves because it ain't no way in the world. You've been walking with God, doing the things that you didn't do. You didn't do that all by yourself. No, God did that. In other words, Aaron and I are the miracle workers here. We're going to take this credit, God. Up aside. I'm going to strike this rock in such a dramatic way. And church folks will be real dramatic about stuff. Even when they get ready to heal you. Pow! We got to do all that. Oh, I'm sorry that you. I'm going to say it. I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Chris. Yeah. There's a YouTube video out there with Benny Hinn in that jacket. It's like, you know what? Let me keep going because I'm going to step on some Benny Hinn toes. <laughs> but even striking a rock in such a dramatic way drew attention to Moses and away from God. Remember God's purpose in Exodus? Do you remember when God set out to deliver the Israelites? I need you guys to remember this. Do you remember this? When he set out to deliver them, do you remember what his purpose was? Of getting them to the promised land is that he would be glorified. You remember that? You recall that? Do you remember why God saved you? Do you remember why God delivered you from your Egypt? Do you remember why God delivered you from your sin? And I, I know there's a lot of voices out there that say that God delivered you so he can give you a bigger house, mm -hmm, more money, so you step into your purpose. Do whatever you want to do. We can argue about that later. But let me say this. That, 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 that God, actually, God actually delivered you so that he can glorify himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God set you free, cleaned you up, got rid of some of the junk in your life. Not so that your life would be your own, but we were bought with a price so that he can now turn around. And you can be a living vessel in which he works through to do his work and to do his miracles and to, do his, and to partner with him in salvation. Do you remember why he saved you? Moses sought to exalt himself and failed his primary responsibility. Moses, I raised you up so you can glorify me. And whenever that's not good enough for us, we're on our way down. Proper spiritual leadership is summarized in the words of John the Baptist. He must increase. And I must decrease. He must. He must. He must. He must. Increase, church. And we must decrease. Well, why, Pastor? Because ain't none of us got nothing to offer. No, for real, straight up. Straight up, straight out, straight in, however you want to put it. We, really, we ain't got nothing. No rock is coming out of no water without God. We are, we, we, we do not satisfy people's thirst. We have no water to give. We have nothing to bring. Without God, we have nothing. Great spiritual leaders are not the ones promoting themselves. You'd be surprised how many people get into ministry because it's a platform. How many people get into ministry because they're ready to blow up? 
And then they use people in order to get them there that you become steps on the ladder to get them where they need to be. Oh, it's all around and it's in God's churches. May it never be for us. Spiritual leaders are not glory takers. They are glory givers. They're not giving glory to themselves, but they're giving glory to God. They say God is the true bridge. Anybody know of a reliable bridge? A bridge over troubled water? Anybody know who I'm talking about? Some of the old folks used to say he's a lily in the valley. He's a way maker. Anybody know who I'm talking about? A bridge. Mama Frida, I think you know who I'm talking about, don't you? That bridge over troubled water. He's a burden bearer. Do you know who I'm talking about? For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. And this is what the scripture says, the man Christ I kept y'all too long. Let me go ahead and land this plane, but I'll be wrong if I didn't land it on Jesus. Jesus never had and never will fail. I'm going to say it again. Uh, uh, Let me talk to this side of the room. Jesus never has, never will, ain't gonna, ain't finna, fail at all. They didn't shout. I'm coming right here. This is your opportunity. Here it is, Tim. Jesus ain't never fail, ain't gonna, ain't finna, Ain't about to. He ain't never failed, Jonathan, and he ain't going to fail you now. I'm going to give y'all opportunity. They shouted, I thought about not coming to y'all, but I feel like I got some worshipers over here in the room who knows that he's a burden bearer and a heavy load sharer. Jesus, y'all still got a chance now because there's grace. All right? There's a bridge for y'all too. Y'all ready? Y'all got to help them out. Jesus ain't never failed, ain't never gonna, Ain't never finna and ain't about to fail at any moment, at any time. Isn't he able, church? Oh, he's able, church. He'll never fail. Perhaps you've been enamored with Moses up to this point. He is an all-time great leader, but he's not the great. Moses failed. This is yet another opportunity uh, to love Moses, but to be amazed by Jesus. Come here, my Jesus. Oh, come here, my Savior. Oh, come here, my bridge. Oh, come here, my head lifter. Oh, come here, my strong tower of refuge. Oh, yes, Lord, we just sang that isn't he wonderful? Isn't he beautiful? Oh, yes, we just sang about you. Because, Jesus, I remember that you were in, the, in another wilderness. Uh-huh. And, Jesus, I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm not talking to y'all. Jesus, I remember sometimes you got to talk to God by yourself if nobody else will talk to him. Jesus, I want to talk to you for a moment because I remember that you were in your own wilderness. Did I get that right, Lord? Yes, Dexter, you got that right. Jesus, didn't you face... A great temptation from Satan in the wilderness. And, 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 and didn't Satan fail and you didn't fail? Oh, yes, sir. There it is. Yes, yes, yes. Dexter got that right so far. Jesus, were you tempted in every way like Moses and tempted in every way like me? Jesus, as I recalled it, you never failed. Jesus could have run like the disciples that night in Gethsemane. You thought that they were your homeboys and they had your back and everybody left you. But Jesus, I still don't recall you falling. In fact, I remember, if I remember rightly, Lord, if I got my word right, sometimes you got to go back into your memory bank and to make sure that you got your word right. Lord, if I remember, when you, you, you could have, I mean, you could have, but you didn't. You could have called 10 legion of angels to set you free. Lord, if I recall rightly, you could have took the easy way out. 
But as I recall, because you are a bridge that is reliable, you stood up under the weight. You allowed the weight of sin to come on you. Lord, didn't we just sing a minute ago, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins up on that cross? Lord, I think that they sang it, but they didn't believe it like they should have believed it because they don't know what it is to have the weight of the, of the, the weight of sin on top of you. But Lord, as I recall, that you still didn't bend, you didn't break. You, no, 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 Lord. Instead, you went up towards that hill called Calvary. Yes, you did, Lord. I remember, Lord. And you had me in mind, and you had Frank in mind, and you had Demeter in mind, and you had Tim in in mind and you had Denisha in mind don't be mad if I don't call your name I got you in my mind and so when you went up to Calvary didn't you do it all by yourself and you went up there didn't you Lord and while you were walking up that hill you could have got out of that jam you could have got out of that situation you could have failed like Moses failed but you didn't Lord you kept on walking Lord you kept on humming Lord you kept on going forward for the joy set before you you kept on moving. You didn't let it deter you. Didn't they spit on you, Lord? Yes, Dexter, you got that right. They spit. Didn't they rip the clothes off your back? Didn't they humiliate you? And then after that, Lord, this is what would have got me, and I knew that you were somebody not to be messed with because after they put the first nail in my hand, I would have been done right then and there. Y'all want to act like y'all all special and cute? Some of y'all see a needle at the doctor and you're out that junker. But as soon as I would have saw those nails, I would have said, Father, butter them. But you didn't do that, did you, Lord? No, you didn't. You let them put nails, not in one hand. You let them put nails in both hands. Not only did they not put nails in both hands, because after that, I would have called on the legion of angels. But you didn't do that, Lord. What did you do? You let them put nails in your feet. And I would have been done after that. But you let them put a crown of thorns on your head. And then you let them pierce you in the side. And you still didn't break. And you died. And to death died. And the only thing that failed that day was not you. Sin fell. Satan fell. Ah! But he didn't fail. Everything failed but him. And Lord... When the smoke cleared and everybody went back to their houses and they said, we got rid of that joker. He was taking all our glory and all of our fame. But when the smoke cleared and early, oh, wasn't it early? It was early. They thought that bridge had collapsed. They thought it was over with. They thought it was done, but early. No, no, not late that night, but early Sunday morning. That bridge got up. Didn't he get up? With all power in his hands. Didn't he get up, church? They thought they broke the bridge. The bridge, the bridge resurrected itself. And now he says that you can walk right on over to God. Because I'm living. And I'm able, and I'm reliable, and I don't quit, and I don't give up, and I don't cash it in, and I don't, no, 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 
No, no, no, no. Don't let your marriage stop you from walking over this bridge. Don't let your job stop you from walking over this bridge. Don't let your sin stop you from walking over this bridge. I'm telling you that you can walk on me and that I'll hold you up and that I'll support you and I'll get you to the promised land. Is there anybody in the house that wants to get to the promised land? Is there anybody that say, I want to see heaven on the other side? Is there anybody in the house that says that I want to get to the other side with my faith intact? Is there anybody in the house that says that, God, I don't want to die not knowing you, not trusting you, not relying on you? God, I don't want to give it. I'm here to tell you. There's a bridge. And Jesus, didn't you say? That anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, somewhere I read, I read that, where I read, where I read that at, I read that somewhere, that you said that those who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I read that somewhere. I read something else too. You said that your burdens are light. I read, did anybody remember where that, well, I seen that, I seen that some, somewhere, somewhere else I read that all things work together for the good of those who love him. Jonathan, I read it, I, I read it somewhere, brother, I, I read somewhere that he who has begun a good work in us, somewhere, Christian, I, I remember this somewhere, that, that he who has begun a good work in us will bring it to completion. Somewhere I read that those who put their trust in the sun, the wrath of God is no longer on them. Somewhere I read about a woman who said, if I can touch the hem of, 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 of his garment, that I'll be healed. Somewhere I read there was some two blind men on the side of the road that said, and Jesus said, what else, what do you want from me? And they said, I want my sight back. And somewhere I read that he gave them their sight back. Somewhere I read that there was a woman at a well. She was all alone and by herself and she was thirsty. And somewhere I read that Jesus said that I'll give you living water. What I'm trying to say to y'all is that everything that you need is not in Moses, is actually in Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody, I didn't kept y'all too long. May God keep you real good. It in the able church, in the able to set you free, in the able to carry your burdens, in the able to give you joy, in the able to give you peace, in the able to set you free, in the able to put joy in your soul and peace in your heart. Oh, he's worthy. Oh, he's able. Yes, he's able. He's my God and he's my king. And I believe that he's able to set you free.